Welcome to the Configure Price Code podcast. My name is Frank Sohn and I'm the founder of NoCPQ Consulting. This podcast is 100% focused on Configure Price Quote, also known as CPQ, and will provide you useful insights into this topic. My guest today is Jason Pritchard, Associate Director of Business Systems and Digital Marketing at Bayer Pharmaceuticals. Jason has been with Bayer for more than 14 years and is responsible for the implementation of Aptus CPQ and its integration with SAP pricing. I was recently introduced to Jason by the Standf team and wants to invite Jason to the CPQ podcast so he can share some of his CPQ experience. Jason is based in Inglewood, New Jersey. Welcome, Jason, to the CPQ podcast. Thanks, Frank. Good morning. Uh, good morning is very nice to say, right? So since you're in London still, so that's very exciting. Tell us a little bit why you are in London right now. Yeah, of course. Um, thank you for, for inviting me to the podcast. I'm excited to talk to you about our experiences with CPQ. I, I spend my time between the US and, and the UK, have done for the last 15, 20 years or so now. Um, ironically, I started working in Europe for a U.S. company, and now I'm in the U.S. working for a European company, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I find myself in the middle of this pandemic that everybody is experiencing at the moment, holding up back in London for oh, the last wow. couple of months. Wow, that's a long time, but since you're originally from uh, uh, from the U.K., right, it's almost like you're being home. As, uh, did you live in London uh, b before you moved to the U.S.? I did. I, I grew up here in London and, you know, the family connections are still very tight. So I, I spent um, 14 years every second weekend flying from New York back to London for a weekend to, to stay with the family and, and, and somehow managed to fit some time in in between for work. Wow. Very cool. So we jumped uh, right into the topic, Jason, right? So maybe we should start over and just say, hey, please tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your role at Bayer. Yeah, of course. So um, I work within the business systems um, and sales training organization within the Bayer Radiology organization, which is a, a, a tile concern of the, the overall pharmaceuticals arm of Bayer. The, the function, the, the group that we work within, has evolved over the last two to three years. It's fairly new within the organization. And the original intent for this, this, this group was really to have a, a tighter interface between the business and the IT organization. I think I've, I've been in this industry and, and, and in this part of the business for 20, 25 years now. And I've seen many, many ways of trying to bridge that gap. And, and, and we talk a lot about bridging the gap between business and IT. But we, we basically took a group of people with very strong IT backgrounds, but also business experience, and made them a part of the actual business group. So brought some of that responsibility within, within the business organization. And we, the business systems group basically worked very closely with the finance team, on, on budget activities and, and forecasting and, and future roadmaps, as well as you know, a very tight relationship with either our internal IT organization or some of our external partners. So that's, that's the role that I'm currently residing in. 
Excellent. And we will talk uh, uh, more about this a little bit later. But one question I have to ask you, do you still remember what you did before you joined Bayer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I, I actually started my career with DuPont in the healthcare um, diagnostic imaging division of, of DuPont. Um, very fond memories of my 10 years there. Um, I, I, I felt like I cut my teeth in business. They were an excellent company to work for. Um, I spent a lot of time understanding and working in Europe with all the different countries and the different challenges, the different legal requirements by countries, at the time currency challenges. And, and that stood me in really good stead to, to move on in my career. I, I ended up at DuPont as the, the global process owner for materials management. So that covered Asia Pac. North America and Europe, which was kind of really my first introduction to working in the US. Excellent. So, I mean, you, you have the perfect conditions for, for handling a CPQ project, I guess, right? But let me ask another question. Uh, that's something I ask everyone who's coming as a guest on the CPQ podcast. Is What do you like to do if you don't work? I know you don't have a lot of time with all your travels back and forth, right? And, and working on two continents. But what do you like to do if you don't work? <laughs> That's a good question, and time is something that I think we've all found a lot more of over the last few months, and so all of those things that I've been thinking about doing, <laughs> when I had more time, it's time to actually put those into action, so <laughs> I think, honestly, Frank, in the last three months, I've done more baking, more painting, more decorating, and played more soccer than I have in the last 10 years, which was my true passion. Uh, another question I wanted to ask you, so I mentioned in the introductions that you're working right now on implementing Aptos CPQ. I was just wondering, when did you get started in general to work with CPQ and what CPQ solutions have you worked with? So um, I've been working for the last, I would say, five years. In all honesty, a lot of our quoting um, capabilities and, and my experience It's been somewhat rudimental. We've, we've used SAP, uh, using the standard kind of sales order to cash module, sales and distribution module within SAP. And, and Bayer really kind of looked to see what, what was evolving in the quoting industry. I think there was a recognition that this was, this was an area that we needed to focus more on, something that would assist us in, in our whole quote-to-cash process. And some of the complexities with our, with our product bundles and, and product offerings. And so about five years ago, we, we began to, to do some research and do some vendor assessments. So that's, that's really when we, we really started to un, unpeel this onion, shall we say. Excellent. And I think that's probably also a good way to start talking about what your team at Bayer does. Okay. So... From, from a business systems perspective, and I'm, I'm focusing really on the commercial operations side. So primarily, we're responsible to, to support our field service organization. We have a, a large field-based service organization that are responsible for installation and, and maintenance and repair of, of our medical devices. So we have the service side of the business, and then we have the the actual hardware side of the business. 
So we also support the field sales reps. And as that whole sales process has evolved, like many industries, you know, we're, we're working at structures such as customer success management and strategic account management. And all of those new roles always, always require some kind of system, tracking mechanisms, alert systems to, to, to support those efforts and, and also to kind of pull some metrics to justify that the decisions to, to restructure in those ways are, are worthwhile. So we, we support uh, the, primarily a salesforce.com platform that is very interlinked to, a, to an ERP, SAP environment. And over the last six, seven years, I would say, we've, we've gradually added, we like to think of Salesforce as the, the Lego base. And each time we have some new requirements, new business processes evolve, we look at the tools that are out there and we begin to start plugging different colored Lego blocks onto that base and, and make sure that they all piece together. So, hmm. so we, we, we cover the service side of the business, the sales side of the business, full CRM suite, the professional services side of things to, to manage activities such as training or, or deliveries and installation processes. And uh, how has your team been impacted by the whole COVID-19 crisis so far? We, quite, quite honestly, I, I think the organization as a whole, they're dependent on the roles you know, from, a, from a field sales perspective to be in front of customers They really have had to pivot and figure out new ways of connecting with their customers, just just like all of us have. You know, with my mother learning how to use Zoom at 75 years old, I, I, I guess it shouldn't be a challenge for, for, for our extremely intelligent salespeople to learn how to use some of these new tools. But that you can imagine the emphasis that that's put on the business systems team yeah. and the necessity to, to be very, very agile. I know we all talk about agile, but... We've managed to build this platform over the last four or five years, which has genuinely allowed us to respond and react within, sometimes in less than a week, from testing and production to, to production activities, which is pretty remarkable in the U.S. pharmaceuticals, healthcare industry. And when was your CPQ implementation project, and why did you decide to use Aptus CPQ? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. So we've, we've been live for about three and a half years now with Aptus CPQ. Uh, it's, it's definitely been a journey. Prior, prior to, um, to the actual beginning of the implementation project, we undertook a probably, uh, it was very comprehensive, I would say probably six to seven months of vendor evaluations. We compared, we started off with a list of uh, five CPQ vendors in the industry which we initially started looking at from the App Exchange, but then we worked with, with some external consulting partners who recommended some other tools. We then kind of aligned that with, with the Gartner studies at the time and narrowed it down to, to three different vendors. We, we looked at an Oracle solution, we looked at Steelbrick, and we looked at Aptus. Um, a lot of interaction with the sales teams from each of those vendors. And we, we asked a lot of detailed questions. We, we had an idea of what we wanted to do and, and the integrations that we wanted to, to achieve. 
I think from an oracle perspective, I have to say, extraordinarily strong. Um, we, we like the solution. We like the, the scale of the organization. I think the, 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 probably the biggest challenge for us would be that it was not on a native Salesforce architecture, which would mean another another cloud solution and another set of integrations on top of our ERP solution. So that was that was really the only negative, but just just from where we were at with our, our entire architecture, that wasn't the best fit mm. at the time. Steel brick um, were highly favoured in, in the industry. I think things have changed tremendously over the last few years with that particular solution. But at the time, quite honestly, when we said to them that we want to integrate our CPQ solution with a Viva CRM solution and with a Service Max service solution on our platform. They, they basically put their hands up and said, we don't think we can do this and, and we'd like to exclude ourselves from the evaluation. So, and, and then of course, obviously we had Aptus. So it was really between Oracle and Aptus. <coughs> so that's, that's the decision process that we, we got to. Excellent, and I think that's something that a lot of listeners can relate to, right? So, but now uh, a key question, I guess. So, in hindsight, what would you recommend other customers to do before they select the CPQ solution? Anything that you've learned and you think you could do better now than you did a couple of years ago? Yeah, honestly, I would, I would really take the opportunity to see the tool in action, to see it in the real world, to understand the business processes that you ultimately want this to support. I think there was an element of naivety from our perspective. There's, there's kind of an assumption there's some very complex business processes and solutions out there now. And I think the initial assumption was that, okay, how difficult can it be to generate a quote? We know our products and we know our prices. As, as this has evolved over the last three years, it really has become the heartbeat of our commercial operation. It's, it's the center of of all of our contract pricing, it's the center of our um, product offerings. We're continually in, in kind of the middle of the wheel between our brand management and marketing teams, what they want these bundles and offerings to look like, what the salespeople are looking for and what their customers are telling them that they need. And and I, I think it's It's become a very integral part of our business. Any product launch, the first people they come to is the technical team, the CPQ. Any pricing modifications, the first people they come to is the CPQ team. Any new product changes, that's that's kind of where we've got to. So, my my advice really would be just just understand the full scope of what you're trying to achieve, but don't underestimate the integration points with with every other area of the business. If you need to know what's happening in the CPQ world, have a look at our monthly CPQ Circle subscription. It has a state of CPQ, industry trends, news, tips and tricks, and an event calendar that shows CPQ-related industry events eight months out. Try it today, you won't regret it. Go to novocpq.com, look for services, and then select subscriptions to sign up.
Now, one thing I have to, to ask you as well, I mentioned in the introduction that we were introduced through Standef, right? And I know that Standef was your system integrator that you use, right? So hence, two questions. Uh, what was your experience with Standef? And also something concerning the selection process, right? As uh, you were selecting Aptos as a vendor, you talked about that. Can you also talk a little bit about the selection process for the system integrator, Standef in this case? Yeah, so we worked directly with Aptus as our implementation partner in, in the initial phases. And I, again, if, we, if, if we're being completely candid, we had quite a lot of turnover in a very short period of time, which, you know, when you're on these tight timelines and complex projects, the turnover of, of implementation staff, developers, configurators on a regular basis is... It, it, it can be challenging. Um, we, we ultimately looked to find partners post-implementation and most of them actually had several years of Aptus experience. But we, we didn't really honestly go through a, a detailed selection criteria process. Kind of, it's, it's been an organic process with Standout. It's been over the last several years now that we've had a relationship and quite honestly, the ability, the knowledge and the talent of the people that we worked with have, have kept that relationship going and enabled them to to help us in other areas outside of CPQ. But that's, it, it wasn't a, a you know, full-on selection process and I think they've become integral to our, to our enhancement and development process now. <laughs> No, I completely understand what you're saying, right? I see that very often, even though I would tell you, I think it makes sense to put in more effort, even if it turns out to work, right? So I think in general, if you go through it, it, it always helps to have a process in place. Anyway, before we get distracted with that, also want to know, uh, you have to integrate your tool with a number of key systems, I would expect, right? Like the CRM, uh, Salesforce probably, uh, ERP systems, and so on. What are the key integration points for you? Yeah, so the, the most important from our perspective is, is to connect to our ERP solution. We have very complex uh, contract pricing and, and with many, many facets, many tiered layers, discounts. When we originally designed the solution, we had a couple of options. We could either try and figure out how to make our after CPQ Salesforce solution talk to our ERP solution, in this case SAP. Or we could try and replicate all of our complex ERP contract pricing on the front end, which quite honestly I, I, I wasn't in favor of. I was involved in the implementation team to put the, the contracting solution in SAP, and it was an extraordinarily complex, multi-layered, multi-year implementation. And the thought of trying to replicate every nuance of our pricing calculations in the cloud and try and reconcile that and keep, keep abreast of that. I, I, I just could only foresee challenges and, and incorrect pricing data. So we actually built a real-time integration. When our users are in the shopping cart, they have a custom button where they push a get contracted price, which would basically create a dummy order in our ERP solution which would let SAP take care of all the back-end pricing calculations and algorithms and then return me with the actual end discount and then my, I would carry on with my shopping cart. 
So that and that that was challenging. I think it was the right decision with hindsight. Initially, there was with at, as individuals outside of our business world, we're used to instantly pushing a button now, pushing a button on Amazon, building a, a shopping cart instantly, getting price information instantly, and, and then we check out. Now, in, in this situation, I think our field sales team were expecting the same kind of response, but when you're looking at a corporate Salesforce solution talking to a corporate ERP solution and calculating prices, that wasn't going to be a two-second thing. So we evolved and evolved that. It went from kind of a 45-second gap to, to now it's pretty much real time. Excellent. And I think that's already a pretty big challenge. Do you, do you have any other challenges that you encountered in your CPQ project? So I, I think, honestly, with and I, I'm sure a lot of people will have experienced this as, as they go through the initial implementation, it's kind of a... a a new business process in a lot of cases. We had to understand the structure of the tool in the broader sense. You know, we we, we go through the sales pitches, we look at the, the video tutorials, but when you're actually applying that into your own business world and with your processes, you kind of have to figure out how to align the application and, and how the business functions. And we it, it took us a while, quite honestly, but I think we, we basically broken our CPQ solution into into three core areas. We have our, our catalog and the offerings that we have and how we structure that and how people find our products. We have our shopping cart and how that functions and we have different shopping carts for, for different parts of the business process. And then obviously we have our, our kind of bundle setup, uh, which which again is, is something that is much more dynamic than I think anyone in the business would, would have probably realized so we we it took us a while to get that structure but now pretty much most of the the incoming requests requirements new business needs new launches we kind of approach it in those three buckets and say okay what does this mean from building the bundles and the configuration where is this going to fit in our in our catalog and what impacts and how do you want this to behave in the shopping cart Excellent. Let me ask one thing here, because for a company like Bayer, I would expect you probably have a ton of uh, key performance indicators, metrics, and so on, right? So what are the, the, the biggest benefits you measure, and in what areas do you um, measure them, as far as you can share, obviously? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, at, at a high level, I think what's what has been beneficial is the, the turnaround time of building metrics and getting get into the information that that we need to support the business and to make informed decisions. Our, our business, as, as we've mentioned earlier, was broken across really the service side of the business and the device side of the business. On the service, the most critical metric KPI is, is really how quickly can we renew our service contracts? What's, what's our renewal rate like? Mm -hmm. that's, that's something that we've been really able to get a very good handle on. Using our integration from our our opportunity management solution through to our quotation solution, um, then obviously we we had a, a lot of focus prior to implementing a quoting tool on the opportunity pipeline. Now, if you never close the opportunity out with 
getting to the end of the line. And, and, and by that, what I mean is you can, you can own an opportunity and you can change the status to one and lost, one and closed and won, closed and lost. It's, it's very difficult from a back-end perspective to really validate that. What we, what we moved from was having the ability to say, okay, every one of our opportunities that is flagged as one, show me the related quotation, show me that that quotation has been accepted, show me that that quotation turned into a sales order in my SAP solution. So that really does give me a true picture and a timeline now from opportunity creation to actual justification of revenue recognition, which was a, a big, big win for us. Excellent. And I think that also brings up one question is when you measure this, you assume people use the solution, right? So, and my, my next question is also, what did you do? What worked especially well to get your users to actually adopt and use the solution on a regular basis? The initial, the initial hope was to not give them a choice, <laughs> to be quite honest. That, that doesn't always work as planned. So um, I, I think... The, the easier you make something to use, the more it's going to be adopted, right? So we, we definitely spent an awful lot of time on on, on usability, on, on modifying the interface, on reducing the number of clicks. What our alternative was prior to, to implementing a, a formalized quoting tool was basically, I'm sure like a lot of people use complex spreadsheets and macros and kind of homegrown output documents. So as, as we evolved the tool, I have to say the, the actual output documents, the quotations, look extraordinarily professional, and they're in line with, with all of our brand messaging across the organization, which is, you know, is, is critical for, for a large, respected healthcare organization. So on one hand, usability and, and, and ease of getting to the information, getting to... to Contract information very quickly was a was a, a big win for our for our sales team. Having uh, this kind of professional document to put in front of your customer versus an alternative now is well, on one hand, I'm giving you my actors quotation in the right hand, and for the products I can't quote, I'm giving you a spreadsheet modified. That 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 did help us as crazy as it sounds. You know, people want this formal document consistently in front of their customers. So I think that was that was that was one of the adoption mechanisms. The other was we, we really started in our offerings to, to focus on the core big selling items. I think we realized that yeah, a lot of accessories, a lot of products that we didn't really consider putting the effort into our catalogue still take up probably 20-30% of our of our overall quoting which meant that we had 70% of the products in, in CPQ and 30% would have to be managed by a back-end, back-office sales support team manually. So we've, we've also, one of our key internal metrics is the number of quotations that go through Aptus versus other systems. And, and you know, I think we went from about 50%, we're, we're around about 85 to 90% at the moment. Still room for, for improvement, but that's... Obviously, that, that leads to adoption of the tool, which also leads to continual funding and support of the tool. Excellent. Uh, now, the, the next question is, what, what are the latest CPQ developments that you're interested in and why are you interested in them? 
So there's three three main areas that we've been looking at for our kind of future roadmap. And I, at this stage, honestly, I would I would say, Frank, that we're really just dipping our toes in the water on some of them. We've, we've looked a little bit at the contract contract lifecycle management piece just to see if there's any way that that can complement our current solution and maybe maybe some improvements there. But it, it's so heavily integrated in our ERP system that trying to figure out how to to see if there's any any true benefits from from looking at that solution. The other two areas that we looked at, uh, we did look at, we had some demonstrations and we did a little bit of internal research on kind of the maxi voice recognition. I think we've, we've kind of got that as something on our roadmap. As individuals and as corporations, that area is growing, we're becoming more and more used to it, but I, I don't think that our organization is quite ready to to adopt that from their quote creation perspective, but we're kind of keeping one eye on that to see how it develops. And then the, the third part, which is probably the area of most interest, is is obviously on, on the AI side. And and we've we've actually been going through some proof of concepts to to look at what kind of recommendations, what kind of information that we can pull to to help improve the timeline of our quotations to to look at pricing and, and discount management. So that's probably of, of the three kind of on the horizon items that that would probably be top of our list, I would say. Excellent. And I think we could talk about all these three topics for hours. Unfortunately, we're coming to the end of, of this episode. Hence, my question is, if any one of our listeners has a, a follow-up question for you, what's the best way for them to uh, contact you? I Quite honestly, I would say LinkedIn is probably the, the easiest platform rather than by a corporate email. So you can find me at Jason Pritchard under the Bayer flag on LinkedIn. Excellent. We will have all this information also in the show notes. Jason, was a very interesting discussion. Thank you very much for taking the time to do that. Hey, thanks for having me, Frank. I really enjoyed it. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and hope you learned something interesting today. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes or share it with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, you can find us online at www.novocpq.com. So long, everyone. 